Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the February issue of History Today... Dan Whitaker focuses on a legendary German commander of the First World War, Paul von Leto Vorbeck, who achieved mythic status for his activities in East Africa. Dan, your article opens with a description of von Leto's funeral, and we have a clip of this event on our website, but I think it would be helpful if you could just describe von Leto uh, for those people who don't know. You know. What sort of a man was he in the context of his times? And why has he has attained sort of legendary status in military histories of the First World War? Well, he was born in 1870, so more or less when Germany was born, and he came from the Prussian landed gentry, uh, the so-called Junker uh, class, who made up the, um, the bulk of German uh, military officers. His education was in... Uh, quite harsh military boarding schools, then cadet, then commissioned, age 20 as a lieutenant. His father was a difficult man and also a military hero from the recent Franco-Prussian War. So military success and the German military having created their country, if you like, um, overshadowed his life probably. And his attitudes were typical of, of that sort of background, so unquestioning belief in Kaiser, in the, the German military as a, a positive institution and in Germany as a, a rising country surrounded by uh, and outnumbered by its enemies. So was he exceptional in any way or was he, was he typical? Um, what, 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 what is he known for in terms of the East African campaign and the outcome of that war, you know, both for the Germans and the Allies? From the Allies' point of view, um, he was a cause of great difficulty, really. Um, East Africa was just a, a sideshow to the European theatre. But uh, von Leto's actions were a source of chronic pain, I suppose, for the Allies. He began his actions right at the beginning of the war, invading what's now Kenya, British East Africa, in August 1914. And he was still fighting uh, two weeks after the end of the war before they convinced him to surrender in Zambia, what's now Zambia. In between, he tied down, um, well, estimates vary between 150,000 and 400,000 Allied soldiers, and perhaps half a million to a million porters as well, um, which compares to his force, which was 14,000 at its peak, and ended up 
of about 10 foot that size. So during that time, he, he faced the armies of Britain, South Africa, India, Belgium, Portugal, and a lot of the African colonies, um, Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana. His uh, campaign was uh, something of a, a career graveyard for many British generals. On the German side, they were certainly pleased and they showed that through promotions. He arrived a colonel and left a general. Medals, he got the Iron Cross as his father had and the, the highest uh, Prussian award uh, known as the Blue Max. But he had minimal contact really with Germany throughout the war and, and no support from them. He only had um, occasional bits of news um, such as that his brother had died on the Western Front. He did achieve his aims though. He kept all of those Allied soldiers away from Europe and he was unbeaten throughout the war. Um, perhaps it's also worth mentioning that his actions had a great impact on the Africans as well. Um, generally, um, death and, and devastation in, in a war that could have been avoided. Indeed, the German governor of East Africa tried very hard to um, keep neutrality and avoid conflict, but uh, Bonatov really wasn't having, having any of that. So he's viewed as successful by the Germans, but not so much by the East Africans. Um, and, and the Allies have had to give him credit for, for what he achieved as a guerrilla, uh, a guerrilla leader, uh, really. Um, but what is it, your article, is, your, your article is really taking the bull by the horns and questioning the myth of von Lettau. And, you, and I wonder if you can tell us why you think it's appropriate to question his status as a, as a, uh, a military hero. Well, there are some genuine um, reasons for his success, which um, should be confirmed. His, his training and experience were exemplary. He had experience in the Boxer Rebellion in China and in the German Southwest African conflict. But, and as we saw from the Olympics, I suppose, obsessive preparation from childhood over decades and the motivation of national glory and a national institution that's equally obsessed can deliver success. He also had a positive attitude towards the Africans who served under him, uh, the Askaris, as his African soldiers were known, and they themselves were very experienced soldiers. He was uh, definitely a very determined man and always looking to to innovate, which he, he had to do under difficult circumstances. So those are all um, uh, aspects of, of uh, the myth of his success, which are uh, correct. He was an accomplished and a heroic leader. But there are other aspects of, of um, one letter of myth, if you like, which I think uh, do deserve a, a bit more questioning. Um, the story as it's presented is that his success was all down to him, that he was uh, a great guerrilla leader in particular, that he could have continued the fight indefinitely. And I think each of these uh, emerges as somewhat weaker when you, when you look a little bit more closely. Um, if, if we take him being a guerrilla leader, for instance, and in 
American military colleges. He's still uh, taught as a case study of, of uh, the perfect guerrilla leader. But um, he never really enjoyed popular support beyond his soldiers. And he did, whenever he got the chance, try to fight in a conventional manner. Um, only um, resorted to guerrilla tactics when he was forced to. Really, his campaign was more of a an expertly handled retreat than anything else, I'd, I'd say. Um, he also benefited greatly from problems on the Allied side. They had um, weak leadership. Sometimes they, they hadn't really studied African wars in, in the way that the Germans had. I mean, the Germans probably learned more from the Boer War than the British did. They had coordination problems, as uh, so they were drawn from, from many countries. Their supply lines were um, stretched hundreds and hundreds of miles through a difficult country, whereas he was always in a small unit on the move. And they were hit particularly hard by the diseases prevalent in the tropics. So um, the, the myth isn't all it's made out to be, but it's perhaps just as interesting to ask why did this myth develop? And, and that, I think, is down to the extreme German need for heroes at the end of having lost the First World War. Um, perhaps the Americans venerate him because they, they love the idea of a, a non-communist guerrilla. The myth uh, was particularly important in Germany because it formed uh, an important part of uh, what was the, 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 the Dolstos legenda for the Germans, the, the stab in the back idea. Mm -hmm that the Nazis profited from, that uh, the Germans wouldn't have lost if, um, if they hadn't been somehow betrayed. How did he contribute to his own myth-making? Was he aware of it? Certainly he was. He contributed uh, fulsomely, I'd say. Um, he uh, published two memoirs of the East African campaign, an autobiography. He, was uh, a regular speaker in, in Germany and in Britain, formed international friendships, in particular with a lot of the uh, Allied generals that he fought against. Um, and this is in the interwar period in particular. During that time, he was probably acting somewhat competitively. The German governor, Schnee, that I mentioned, uh, was an enemy of his and was publishing his own memoirs, and Schnee became a... a quite a senior Nazi. Um, he probably was also competing with the, the heroic status of his, his father. And also, like a lot of Germans in the interwar years, he was pretty much broke. Uh, he had to support a young family without any income, so uh, whatever he could get from uh, publishing and speaking was, was uh, very welcome. And he's also a a good writer, he tells a good story, um, perhaps somewhat obsessed with hunting, but um, they're, they're a good read, his books. So you talked, you mentioned von Schnee just now, who was um, the governor of East Africa, while um, von Leto was out there on campaign. Can you talk a little bit about uh, von Leto's attitude towards uh, colonial East Africa and his interaction in, in earlier campaigns there with... Um, Von Trotha, controversially. Yes, Africa for von Lettow, um 
involved um, plenty of hardship and danger. He, he contracted malaria, he lost an eye in um, uh, fighting. In the last couple of years of the First World War, he was constantly in, in danger of death, probably. And I think he absolutely loved it. Um, for a Prussian officer, there's no problem with hardship and danger. He had, during the First World War, um, great power, and he wielded it successfully, which is what many soldiers will, will want. He also had the enjoyment, I think, of outwitting the British generals, running rings around the Belgian and Portuguese ones, um, staying out of the clutches of Schmutz, who was the great uh, Boer War hero from South Africa. And he engaged with Africa, um, with the people. He, he learned Swahili. Um, his books are full of illustrations of Africans, for instance, uh, not of the German soldiers. And he also enjoyed the land, I think. He covered an enormous amount of territory during the campaigns. A lot of it was beautiful and filled with game. As I said, he was a great hunter. His troops and the, Af and the Allies had to contend with uh, lions, crocodiles, hippos, as, as much as each other. But what about his relationship with the people? Um, well, he was at the same time uh, certainly an imperialist and like most of that era, a racist. His, the Southwest African campaign before the First World War uh, was a dark chapter, I would say, in his career. He was involved as an assistant to uh, von Trotha in Southwest Africa, who committed what we would now class as war crimes, really, in his quite excessive suppression of a rebellion there. But um, von Lettow was what uh, is what was in those days the the idea of a successful soldier. I suppose he didn't have much conscience about the devastation and death that he caused. Um, it, that that was outweighed by any improvement he could get in the odds of winning the war for Germany and probably in improving his career. So perhaps finally you could tell us a little bit about his reputation today, both in Germany and in East Africa. Uh, is, it, is it time to abandon the prism of heroics as a means of understanding historic wars, do you think? His um, reputation in Germany has uh, remained fairly strong. There are plenty of uh, Leto Vorbeck grasses in, in German towns. He benefited, I suppose, from being um, a, a great soldier, but also a, a non-Nazi. He had a mixed relationship with the Nazis, but never joined the party. Um, and that's allowed the Germans to retain him as a, hero, a military hero, when they, they hadn't really had many. Um, his reputation amongst historians has swung uh, over the years. Um, and the idea of a hero being um, the way to understand um, historic wars, I, I, I think is probably something that, that you at History Today will um, have debated more, 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 more closely than anyone. For me, heroism is 
a small part of the explanation of why things happen. And the heroic stories are usually biased ones, I'd say. There were many heroic African mothers and elders in that campaign who held their villages together when the men had been press-ganged and all the, the food had been requisitioned. Their story doesn't get told. But humans do, we, we do need stories and heroism can bring those stories alive. Uh, I, I work myself in East Africa and whenever I um, have to face the very minor hardships and problems that I do, I, I often ask myself what would one letter think um, to uh, console myself. He, he, he does remain a figure that's much talked about, particularly in Tanzania. What, so Africans are talking about him still uh, in, in your experiences working there today? He's an important figure in, in Tanzanian history. Um, he, he's a reminder of the German colonial past, which um, is unpopular, but at the same time, his, soldier, his black African soldiers were very successful. They beat uh, white European armies, and I think that um, contributed to uh, the confidence that uh, some people in Tanzania um, needed to uh, mount their own independence movements. So it's a, it's a mixed picture. And are they re-evaluating that picture now, particularly the anniversary, the centenary of the First World War is uh, coming around again? I think they will be. I look forward to my next trip back to see how that's going. But um, history is very much alive there still. Thank you very much, Dan Whitaker. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.